welcome back to the Calorie Deficit University podcast. Um, We are so glad that you're joining us for our third episode. Um, It has just been so awesome to see the response and people sharing our podcast online. Um, Just want to thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in and listening. Um, I do want to let you know that we um, are on all other types of social media. Um, we are very active or on the Instagram page calorie at calorie deficit underscore, um, posting tips and tricks there um, daily, multiple times a day. So please do go ahead and give that a follow. Um, that's a great place to to ask us any questions that you may have or something that um, you want to be talked about on the podcast. Um, so yeah, today we are going to be talking about, um, what is a calorie deficit? So if you haven't already, um, go back and listen to the first and second episodes that we posted, um, before you, uh, listen to this episode, it'll just help leading up to, uh, this episode to give you kind of, um, a a baseline start, um, before you dive right into information regarding a calorie deficit. Um, I do apologize if you hear any background noise today. Um, they are mowing around my apartment complex, which I am so thankful for and do indeed love. So, um, Let's dive right into answering the question, what is a calorie deficit? And um, you can go online and Google lots of different things, and Google is a place of joy and hatred. Um, Honestly, for me, the internet is great and horrible at the same time, so you have to be really careful. Um, So a very simple definition that um, I think is really important that I'll talk about the different aspects that I include in it that aren't really found on the internet um, is this. So eat less than your body burns or needs to stay alive so that your body burns and uses fat stores from overeating calories or calories that were consumed that your body did not need. Um, so a lot of definitions for a calorie deficit will be, um, just eat less than what your body burns, right? Um, that, that's not good enough for me, um, because that can institute a toxic, uh, mindset and, and can, um, it reinforce the misinformation around, uh, eating less as a form of weight loss, right? So, um, why that is a red flag for me is because most people will hear that and then say, well, that's talk. That's not a good diet. I can't do that. Um, that doesn't make sense eating less. Oh no, I'm going to X, Y, and Z, right? So it's really important to understand that you're going to be eating less calories to lose weight because, because you were in a period of caloric surplus however long that was, two years, 10 years, two months, two weeks, and you gained weight, you gained fat, um, most likely. If you didn't have the intention of gaining muscle, it's very hard to gain muscle without intention. So you gained fat, and what fat is in your body 
Um, it's very awesome. Your body stores fat. That is excess energy when you consume, right? So a calorie is a form of measure, a unit of measurement of energy for our body to be out and about and living. And so what happens when you consume more calories unit of energy than you need, your body stores it because it's amazing and smart. And it's like, wow, we have all this awesome food and energy. We should store this up for a time period when we may not have this. We may go through a time period which the very truthfully you know a thousand years ago go through a famine go through a drought maybe go through um you know a winter that is really brutal and harsh and they don't have wheat anymore and so that your body is trying to learn and adapt but we don't have those issues anymore we in america have unlimited access to um most of us have unlimited access to our pantries and in high high calorie food which our body is loves and is obsessed with um, as a survival tactic which is amazing but it's also not beneficial if you don't have the proper education around keeping yourself um, from having too much fat right because so it's good to have fat on your body uh, to keep you warm um, and to give you energy, glycogen stores, and that sort of thing. Um, but excess fat is when it starts to, um, when your body starts to deposit fat in your organs, um, in your liver. That's when you get fatty liver disease in your heart, and um, that's when you get heart disease and those sorts of things. Um, and that can actually happen very quickly. And I, I think it's a big misconception out there, especially with the body positive the the toxic side of the body positive movement um where it's accept me as i am because my weight at me at this size is acceptable which no one's saying that you're not acceptable lovable beautiful wonderful talented smart brilliant all the things um we're just saying that you have more fat um on your body than is healthy for you that is primal um, and optimal for your uh, quality of life and longevity um, of your life okay that's all we're saying so that's why we institute a calorie deficit right to lose fat um, that we have over consumed in periods of caloric surpluses so if you again if you haven't listened that's my dog (laughs) if you haven't listened to our other podcast episode i of you who don't know, I have a baby, German Shepherd. She's about nine months now. Um, she's on her heat, so she's very, uh, you know, protective and not confident these days, which is funny. Um, but anyways, I haven't checked out our other podcast episode. I talk about what a caloric maintenance is. So you've basically got these three things um, playing out uh, in your body. Um, that can happen. So you have a caloric deficit, which is eating less. You've got a caloric maintenance, which is eating just the right amount to keep you where you are and a caloric surplus, which is eating more, uh, to gain. So some people out there, they do need to gain weight. They do need to gain some healthy muscle, um, even get some good fat on their body. Yes. There are instances where people do need um, to eat to have fat on their body if they do not have enough body fat um, to live a healthy uh, life. If you don't have enough body fat, you're not going to have good um, 
hormone balance um, in your body. You're going to struggle uh, with always feeling tired, lethargic, cold. It, it's not a good thing um, to be at a very low body fat percentage um, if you're in an unhealthy sense and not like a pro bodybuilder competitor or certain thing. Um, so I want to kind of take a pause uh, digression here for a second because I, in doing my research for this episode, obviously I don't need, I don't need to do a ton of research, but I just wanted to see to what the uh, internet had to say, because I'm, I'm just curious for people who are going to Google and things like that. Um, and it's quite interesting. If you Google things about a calorie deficit, a lot of interesting articles come up, some really cool and good and some incredibly misleading um, and quite dangerous if I'm being honest. Um, Healthline actually has an amazing article um, written by uh, a doctor um, that I was really impressed with called uh, titled Does Calories In Versus Calories Out Really Matter? Um, and basically it talks about the importance of calories in versus calories out, which is what a calorie deficit is. The calories you're putting in your body versus how much you're burning, um, for energy. And basically I want to talk about three things in this article that they talk about. And then I'm going to talk about a really misleading article. So she hits on basic metabolism, digestion, and physical activity. And, and these are three really important kind of like, whoops, like caveats to a calorie deficit. So a calorie deficit may sound really simple at first, which it, in all reality, it, quite, it, it very much is. Um, but if you don't talk about or know about these kind of three topics, then it, it can become uh, confusing because there's a lot of information out there. So basic metabolism, it, it is true. Everyone is going to have a, a basal metabolic rate that is completely different from the next person. Um, and I kind of talked about that in one of our other episodes of how to figure out what your basal metabolic rate is without having to go to the doctor. Um, because truthfully, you can't get that rate without doing a bunch of testing. Um, and so... Thinking about a caloric deficit with your metabolism um, can go either one of two ways. It, it is important to mention and note um, because you there are three scientific body types. So I'm a mesomorph. So that's one of the body types, which is athletic, solid, and strong. So they're not easily overweight and they're not easily underweight. So we can gain muscle quite easily, but we can also lose muscle quite easily, gain weight sometimes, but also lose the weight easily. It's kind of that middle type of person where you can see them and you're like, wow, they, they look like they play a sport or they look healthy, but they're also like not these crazy skinny, low body fat, uh, type of individuals. Um, so then you have your ectomorphs. So these are people that are generally tall, so they have very little body fat. Um, I'm sure you they're very noticeable types of bodies where you're like, wow, you're just so tall and lean and skinny, and they could probably eat and drink whatever they want and really don't gain a ton of weight necessarily because um, they're generally more lean and have just longer limbs um, it's mainly 
happens I feel like I see it more in males than I do females these days um, but a lot of fashion models that that is their body type they were generally born that way and have that metabolic ability to be more thin um, and then you have your endomorphs and this is where um, people are more genetically inclined to hold and have body fat. So um, they have lots of muscle, but they also can gain weight really easily. So I love this. It says football linemen tend to be endomorphs. They're heavier and rounder individuals. Um, so they don't necessarily have to be overweight. Um, okay, love a clap like this. Both Oprah Oprah Winfrey and Marilyn Monroe are classic examples of endomorphs. So they're just your, your curvier individuals, not unhealthy, not a high, high body fat percentage, um, just that kind of curviness. Let's see what they say about the mesomorphs. Um, so it says they can eat kind of what they want without worrying too much about it because they're going to both gain and lose weight without too much effort, um, which is super annoying. And I'm sorry to, to everyone out there that isn't a mesomorph. I'm just kidding. Um, your body is amazing and, and it is what it is. Your, your metabolic efficiencies are, are predetermined by your DNA. Um, and, and you that it is what it is and it's just accept that fact and and then move on but here's the other side the caveat that's not an excuse um to use uh to just be like well i'm an endomorph so i get to be 450 pounds that's not true um that's just quite frankly a disgusting mindset to have um because that's the same thing of being like well I was born with predetermined dispositions of uh, schizophrenia and depression and I am the way I am and I'm not going to take medication or go to therapy or improve my quality of life and this is how it will be. It's just, it's not really, that's that's not really beneficial to anyone, including mainly yourself. You're just hurting yourself at that point. So yes, you do have these metabolic uh, tendencies. So in reality, what this means is if you're not an ectomorph, so you're taller, leaner individual, you're probably not going to be LeBron James, right? You're probably not going to be this amazing, lanky, tall, but kind of muscular because you work out basketball player. Uh, you may not get to be at that pro level, but does that mean you can't pay play basketball and can't have fun? Absolutely not. Does that mean you just throw your life to the wind and be a twig and have no uh, muscle at all? And then you have incredible pain in your joints later on in life? No, you need to take care of your body and what God has given you. Endomorphs, um, you know, that are you going to be the next, you know, football lineman? I don't know. I don't know what your genetic ability uh, potential is within your metabolic predisposition. Mesomorphs, am I going to be a pro bodybuilder? No. Why? Because I have a little bit more body fat than predisposed other metabolic tendencies do. So like someone who does much better at explaining this than I do is Greg Doucette. 
and he i think he says he's a mesomorph and my gosh the man is nine percent body fat or something crazy like that but he works every single day his diet is so in tuned um and he's been at this for a very long time i want to say he's in his late 40s or something like that or in his 40s now um and he is just shredded he is what i would say call a shredded beast um the beast being that he works so hard at what he does um he does not have any excuses so what does that mean for your metabolic uh tendencies it just means that you just have to be more aware of your body and how it reacts to the certain things that you're doing and eating because everything is going to be different for everyone uh, when i just run i don't feel my best uh hormonally or like metabolically with the efficiency of how i consume calories i can tell i just i don't feel my best uh but when i'm lifting weights i feel fantastic um so it's just you'll you'll figure out as you go along your journey what feels best for you and it's just more education the better the more you know about your body the better so you can understand okay i i have a body like marilyn monroe i have curves this is why it's not an excuse to let myself become morbidly obese and decline my health but it is an understanding to why my body is shaped and responds the way that it does to certain things all right moving on the next thing that uh, she talks about is digestion a really key important thing to understand is that there's a thermal effect of food um so (laughs) i love when people talk about uh the fact that they can just do keto and lose weight and they don't have to think about calories or count them or be in a caloric deficit it's just not it's a load of crap it is not true uh you can't be above the law of thermodynamics and you can't be above thermogenesis it just doesn't work Uh, Your body was made to process energy in a very specific way, um, and you're just not above it. Uh, You cannot trick your hormones into doing something specific. Um, It's just not true. Um, So talking about the thermogenic effect of food, uh, TEF, um is really important and something that my clients have a hard time understanding in the beginning but then once they put it into practice their minds are epically blown Um, and it's the fact that your body uh, takes longer to digest protein because of the thermal effect of the food Um, it's just the compounds how protein is uh, in is digested in your body it's going to take your body much longer to digest the food um, and your body's going to have to heat itself up um, much more uh, than fats or carbs or anything like that so it that's why first foremost if you're going to be in a calorie deficit it's really important to prioritize protein because you're going to feel fuller for longer and then the second reason to really prioritize protein um, is for muscle growth Um, we have muscles uh, compounds in our body that um, like things like creatine and things like that that are only um, healed 
uh, and grown from other protein sources. So if you want to gain muscle, you need to eat more protein. Um, if you want to maintain your muscle, you need to maintain eating a higher protein diet um, because that is what your body is going to use to maintain those muscles that you have. Um, I believe it's estimated that protein takes anywhere from like 30 minutes to an hour to fully digest depending on the quantity and the quality and all those sorts of things um you know cottage cheese is going to digest very differently than chicken um, but still in that same longer range where carbs are digested uh, in the 15 minute window to 30 minute window obviously depending on what uh, quality and quantity of the carbs are um and then Fats, again, they're also going to digest at a slower time period than protein. So the third and final item um, that is important to talk about is physical activity. And, and something that is very important that not a lot of coaches talk about is um, I love everyone's you know, newfound desire when, when they're, you know, all my clients are like, I want to work out. I want to work out. I want to work out. Can you make me a workout program? Can I work out? Can I go to the gym? I need to go to the gym. They just get obsessive. Um, and I'm gonna pop the bubble. <laughs> you don't need to work out to lose weight. Um, you don't, you could sit or lay in a bed all day long and as long as you're in a caloric deficit, you're going to lose weight. Um, physical activity, working out only aids in the weight loss process because you are doing two things. If um, you're doing strength training, you're gaining more muscle. So muscle burns more calories, more energy. Uh, you have to eat more to maintain that muscle. So if you're gaining muscle, then you're, you're going to... Uh, speed up the weight loss process um, and then be able to maintain that weight loss easier because you have the muscle that needs that higher caloric intake to maintain those muscles. Um, and then the second thing is it just aids overall weight loss because you're burning more. You're burning way less just laying in bed watching TV than you are by increasing your overall uh, physical activity. And that is what I wish and what I try to make my clients understand and anyone on the internet, please hear me in this. You don't need to work out for an hour every single day. If you would, if you do want to work out, I'll give you your compromise. If you would do strength training, strength training. So like pick up heavy weights and put them back down three times a week, just three times a week, but then focus on increasing your overall baseline of physical activity. You'll be much happier and you'll also recover much better to be able to lift heavier, um, in the gym. So, and what I mean by increasing that overall baseline activity is getting more steps in, standing more, being outside more naturally is going to increase your 
your happiness, your physical activity, that it's just going to naturally make you so much better. Going on hikes, it's just being upright and moving your body around and not just sitting at a desk, you know, getting a standing desk, drinking more water so that you get up to go to the bathroom more frequently. Don't care what it is, just move your body. We are made to be upright human beings. You are made to move your body around. So I know those are, that was really long, like way longer than I intended, but I think it's really important and I think it's going to really help you uh, get a really good and healthy grasp on what a, what a healthy way of weight loss is within the caloric deficit sense. So again, I said, it's not just eating less. Wow. No, there are things that can help you do that. Um, and make it a much more enjoyable and sustainable long-term solution to your weight loss. I'm going to take a look at this Healthline article. It's great. It, ta- it lists all these articles that are really misleading with false assumptions, most of them keto. Um, and it, ta- it literally has a call out says, for instance, those who insist that low carb diets help people lose weight more despite eating the same number of calories or even more calories often rely on diet journals to estimate caloric intake. Bruh, you're literally supporting the caloric deficit diet without even knowing it by saying, well, even though you're going to do a low carb diet, you still need to track and estimate your caloric intake. Okay. What is that then? You're eating less. You're, you're automatically, if you're tracking what you're eating, you're going to be like, whoa, that was a lot. I probably shouldn't eat 5,000 calories of butter keto coffee today. Probably not. Linda, But then it gets so good. And this is, I'll just leave this article here. The problem is that diet journals are notoriously inaccurate, even when filled out by nutrition professionals. Let me tell you, and another person who's a big proponent of talking about this is Greg Doucette. Um, I would consider myself like a professional in the fitness industry talking about nutrition, calories, uh, weight loss, fitness, that sort of thing. Um, and I have a hard time knowing how many calories are in a certain food item where I, even after years of measuring food and counting calories, I still will grab a box and be like, Ooh, I should probably get on my scale and measure this. Cause I kind of really don't know because I'll pour out the bowl, do this. It's scary. Pour out a bowl of like Cheez-Its that you do want and then measure it. And you'll be like, no, it's a thousand calories of Cheez-Its and you're going to be so sad, but <laughs> you'll be educated and you can have the Cheez-Its if you want. I mean, go for it. But if you have goals and you want to eat other things than just a thousand calories worth of Cheez-Its, um, then do that too, which is usually what I end up doing. I usually end up putting protein with my Cheez-Its. If you've seen on the Instagram, like beef jerky or something like that. So I'm still satiated with getting the Cheez-Its that I love. Um, but then I'm actually full, um, and feel good with protein. All right. So just know that if your coach 
ask you, please keep a food journal. Please, for the love of all that is good in this world, actually keep a food journal. It's so important um, because it it makes you aware of how much you're actually eating um, because I guarantee you're actually not as hungry. Um, Obviously, there is a percentage of people that are starving themselves and it's not that is a completely different scenario. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about overeating here. You're probably not hungry, um, even though you think you are. And part of being a really good coach is helping someone learn how to address their hunger cues um, and fuel their body with really good nutrient-dense things um, so that they're not starving all the time and that they actually feel better um, in their weight loss, right? Really, you shouldn't be starving in your weight loss journey. It it can be uncomfortable at times because you're like, wow. I'm kind of freaking hungry, but you know, I can only have really 500 calories left in my day and I know I'm going to have a birthday in three days, so I'm going to tough it out kind of thing. All right, let me talk about this article by Women's Health. Cancel Women's Health, please. I'm over it. Every article I've read by them is absolute garbage. They talk about, and this is where a caloric deficit gets a bad rap because of toxic people like women's health who don't know what the heck they're talking about. I don't even know who wrote this article. Mm, Not a doctor. That makes sense. So I just listened to this. You're going to die. You're going to cringe. So it can be a little complicated to figure out your exact caloric deficit, but In general, it's thought that shaving 500 calories from your daily intake should lead to one pound of weight loss per week. Sure, fine, dandy, great, but you can't make that promise and that's a really like negative thing to start out with because in my opinion, and I would say a lot of other coaches' opinion, uh, starting out with a goal of 500 calories less a day, that's that's a lot. That's a lot of uh, calories to not be eating when you're used to eating way more than that, okay? Okay, that's not where I would recommend starting. If you want to go to the other podcast, that's where you start, caloric maintenance. See if you can figure that out first. And then it gets worse. Which Okay, let me address. Yes, it's true that you'll probably lose probably no promises you'll probably lose one pound of weight uh per week uh it may be water though um it may not fully be fat you may lose muscle um those are variables that you can't make promises with or you may not lose anything at all because the scale is a trickster sometimes you may have lost fat but not taken a big enough poo um there's lots of things that you can't make promises like that okay the classic definition is based on the fact that one pound of fat contains 3500 calories if you eat 500 calories less than the amount you need to maintain your weight you will lose one pound in a week if you want to lose this is where i get super messed up. If you want to lose two pounds a week, you might try a 1000 calorie daily diet. Sorry, deficit. So she's saying, if you want to lose two pounds a week, 
eat a thousand less calories a day. I, that blows my ever loving mind (laughs) because I just, what? I could not imagine putting someone unless they are trying to train for something specific, um, putting someone on a thousand calorie deficit daily. I think that's really extreme for a beginner too. Like even myself, if I, if I put myself on eating a thousand calories less daily than my maintenance, I think I would feel, well, I know cause I've done it. I, I feel really sick. I can't make gains in the gym. Um, I don't have enough energy to get my workouts in. It's just really, really hard. So that makes me really upset that she's recommending that. And then wait, it gets better. You just typically don't want to cut any more calories than that because healthy weight loss is considered one to two pounds per week. Where do you get that information? Healthy weight loss in general is healthy. The fact that you're losing weight is normally healthy unless you're doing it like this, eating a thousand calories less. I think if you eat a thousand calories less, a day at first, starting out, if you're not like a seasoned calorie deficit dieter, you're going to have a toxic relationship with food. You're going to hate yourself. You're going to be really tired and you're going to be super upset. Um, no, 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 no. Our next episode is going to be how to start how to begin your caloric deficit so how do you go from here so you have this information you know what a calorie deficit is now that we've talked about it you know some of the intricacies of a calorie deficit we talked about the laws of thermodynamics we talked about thermogenesis and metabolic body types we talked about physical activity um we there was one more other thing um oh i mentioned it the thermogenesis um thermogenic effect of food um we talked about a lot of science and for some people this episode may have been really boring so i'm sorry about that weight loss can sound boring at times um, but it's really important that you have more education about weight loss and a caloric deficit than less um because you're going to feel more confident the more you know about your bodily response to what you're doing so to answer the question again to come full circle what is a caloric deficit uh it is eating less than your body burns or needs to stay alive so that your body burns and uses the fat stores from overeating calories or calories that were not needed at another period of time all right next friday is how to start a calorie deficit i know it feels like we're leading up to how do i even do this alexis i just want the meat Well, these little tidbits are really important. The next episode is going to be epic and hopefully will blow your mind Um, because I like to think that I'm a little bit different in how I help people uh, navigate a calorie deficit. So please, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, you really need to um, before you listen to the next episode. It's going to be really tempting to just skip 
everything and go straight to, okay, how do I diet? Um, but we need to educate ourselves. Uh, it's really important. So thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed, um, all the mowing in the background and please do like subscribe, follow, comment, give us ratings, reviews. It really helps out. Um, share this on your social medias. Hi, uh, mower dude, um, and have a great weekend.